0: Stampede Garner isn't number 59. Recorded 8-9-2020. Well, I wish I could tell you good news is on the horizon. It's been widely reported that a vaccine to combat COVID-19 is coming. In fact, there may be more than one vaccine before the end of the year. Of course, once this plague has been brought under control, you shouldn't be lulled into believing everything is going to be all right. There's been serious damage done, and I'd be lying to you if I said this nightmare is coming to an end. Someone has to be blamed for what's happened, and military action may be in the offing. At this point, there are over 150,000 people dead and more coming. The country has over 40 million people out of work. And it looks like it'll take some time before many of them will be able to return to work. The government has been distributing cash at unprecedented levels, attempting to stimulate the economy, but also increasing the debt to over $27 trillion. And it's become obvious what the U.S. government continues to borrow Will never be paid back. It's a complicated situation because, by and large, the U.S. government has been a debtor country starting in 1971 when Richard Nixon made the petrodollar the reserve currency of the world. That's lasted for 50 years now. But the writing is on the wall. The strength of this country financially has been seriously questioned, and our military, one time or another, is going to be challenged. This country has been living on borrowed time. So the nightmare that is COVID-19 playing out in front of us is just the beginning, not to mention what consumerism has created. Consumerism has unleashed some very ugly human behavior in our society. Deceit, manipulation, propaganda, and violence are what we've been living with in this country, and that behavior has had an effect on how we live. Consumerism may be the basis for an economy, but it can create harmful behavior. There are challenges when you're made to consume, and psychological stress produces distrust emanating from demands to succeed. The belief that conflicts can resolve disputes, especially when that exists in a world that says, if you've got it, flaunt it can be destructive. Humility doesn't easily work in a consumer society. Get it and get it fast is more like what succeeds. So when people believe that's what works, you find the motivation to get more and to be more than your next-door neighbor can produce conflicts. For those who don't live by that standard, They're faced with depression, dysfunction, and even suicide. And this country is seeing that increasingly playing out. You might say there are lots of unhappy people in this country faced with the realization the promise of a better life will never come true. What you have here is the potential for major unrest, Most likely we aren't going to have peace in this country. It could be that way for a long time, no matter who's in power. Stability and well-being may not be easy to find anymore. External threats, whether real or manufactured, may compound what we're faced with. It's difficult to determine If we'll ever be able to rebuild an economy based on something other than what we have now. I do know this. We would be better served by teaching our young to create rather than consume. Teaching children to play music, to sing, to dance rather than how to get more things could offer a better life. No, Consumerism has instilled some very unpleasant habits in this country, and a lot of what we've taken for granted is going to disappear if it hasn't already. We're in the midst of a political season, and I'm hesitant to talk about that because we have deep societal issues As I said, in this country, external threats may compound the issues which face us. I'm creating this podcast during the first week of August 2020, and I can't let pass two events that deserve mentioning. First, the 75th anniversary with the use of a nuclear bomb dropped on a human population, Hiroshima. I won't discuss the reasons for that, except to say a second nuclear bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, and those events ended World War II 75 years ago. The 75th anniversary was August 6th, but two days prior to that, an event occurred in Beirut, Lebanon, deserving comment. And not just because it was horrific to the citizens of that city, because it was. It's been reported that at least 150 people were killed and 5,000 people seriously wounded. But those numbers may not be true. I've refrained from talking about the conflicts that have raged on in the Middle East and even military action across the globe in the last 20-odd years or so, except to say people have become wealthy promoting the sale and distribution of weapons. I don't take sides on who's right or wrong in these conflicts. Some are age old and have been going on for a very long time, but I can see where motivation economic motivation, has been playing a significant part in these conflicts. So, what took place in Beirut on August 4th calls into question a major vulnerability to the stability of our future as a species. I feel compelled to talk about that because what happened in Beirut may have been a weapon of mass destruction, not unlike what an atomic bomb is. I've been telling you about COVID-19 that it may have been intentionally released as a weapon. As such, what has occurred in Beirut could be an extension of what's coming. I've been warning you for some time now, we aren't safe, and we've allowed ourselves to be fooled into thinking, if we just keep producing weapons, we'll be able to secure our future. The explosion in a warehouse in the port of Beirut, Lebanon wasn't ordinary. It destroyed a major part of the city within a few seconds a shockwave in the Mediterranean that could be felt 150 miles away on the island of Cyprus. The Lebanese government has been saying it was an explosion of a large quantity of aluminum nitrate, a key ingredient in fertilizer, and a component for making explosives. It's claimed it had been stored for several years, And when an adjoining section of the building where it was kept caught fire, the ammonium nitrate detonated. I'm not a reporter, an investigator, or a scientist. I try to put things in context, how there is meaning to what we do, and what are the implications for how things will be in our future. So I speculate. I make assumptions. Detailed facts about the cause of the explosion will be difficult to determine. Lebanon is by and large a failed state ruled by assassinations, radical military forces, and chaotic violence. Peace and tranquility are not words that describe what Lebanon is. Let's assume the explosion that took place was something other than an ignition of a large quantity of ammonium nitrate. If it had been a low-grade nuclear bomb, the implications are ominous. Nuclear proliferation is creeping forward, and if that's true, nothing and no one is safe. My first hunch is that if it had been a nuclear chain reaction it wasn't caused by an overt attack more likely it was a nuclear bomb stored to be used as an offensive weapon at some future time and accidentally exploded of course if that were true there would be radioactive debris With over 300,000 people made homeless in Beirut there have not been any reports of high levels of radioactivity. So if it was something other than a nuclear blast or ammonium nitrate ignition, what was it? Well, there are bombs that aren't as destructive as a nuclear bomb. President Trump dropped what is called the mother of all bombs on a mountain in Afghanistan with the equivalency of 44 tons of TNT. The bomb dropped on Hiroshima in 1945 had the detonation strength of 16,000 tons of TNT. But it should be clear to all that this world is becoming more dangerous, and I'm not sure we're headed in the right direction especially if you think we need bigger and stronger weapons to defend ourselves. You don't need a powerful rocket to deliver a nuclear bomb. All it takes is a ship sailing into a harbor. And it's becoming increasingly clear. The knowledge to build a nuclear bomb exists for lots of physics majors in graduate schools. So, Beirut may very well have been destroyed by an ammonia nitrate explosion. And COVID-19 may very well have been developed in a laboratory as a weapon. The direction is clear. We aren't safe. And we can expect this to continue. I do know this. If you think you can protect yourself by buying an arsenal of weapons... Or digging a bomb shelter. You're kidding yourself. The people whose job it is to defend this country will always remind you of the threats that exist. And they will always demand we need more protection. Somewhere, this all began long ago. Even before we climbed out of the trees and began to walk upright on this earth. I can't tell you how it will all end, but things seem to be pointing in that direction. We've never been safe, just more dangerous. This week on not you first heard Hans Zimmer's incidental music to the movie The Da Vinci Code, then Christoph Pinderecki's Anaclasis for 42 Violins and Percussion. Penderecki's music remains controversial in that it consists of tonal clusters void of melodies. Some of his created scores are free of notes and are only represented by graphic images. Wikipedia quotes him as saying, I'm interested in liberating sound beyond all tradition. Then you heard a recording by Johann Johansson's Escape, followed by another work by Johansson's for the movie Sicario, The Beast. Then a Johansson cut from the movie Arrival. Heptapod B, and then more Heptapod B. Stapede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.